Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski. How are we doing? Armand, my mind is blown after that episode. It was one of the best we've had for sure. Today we have Ryan Reisert. He's currently a sales director over at Connect and Sell where he does some amazing sales branding. He's also the host of the Sales Topics podcast and he's the co-author of Outbound Sales, No Fluff. Nick, why the heck should people listen? Ryan is legitimately the most versatile user of the phone that we've ever had on this podcast. He's doing literally 5,000 cold calls every single month and running some really unique strategies. He's got this thing called running the triple, which is definitely going to book more meetings for me. And then he even talks about not leaving voicemails and why that lets him get more conversations with prospects. This one is a must listen if you want to get better at prospecting. This is absolutely a Blueprint 30 MPC episode. It's all action. It's no fluff, no theory, no nonsense. So let's get into it. Three, two, one, roll it. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Your Zoom Info actionable insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there in the email, explain how Zoom Info helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by Zoom Info's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes. Today's show is sponsored by Calendly. If you're interested in accelerating your sales cycle, improving your prospects' experience, and booking more demos, there's one scheduling automation platform on the market that does all three. Calendly offers team-based scheduling, solutions and integrations for every department, and lead routing to instantly book qualified meetings from your website and match known leads to reps based on real-time Salesforce assignment. I find it really helpful when I have to book meetings with multiple people on my side so that I don't have to coordinate everyone's calendars. Get started today by checking out the show notes or Calendly.com. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. If you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. All right, Ryan, welcome to the show. We're excited to be talking with you today. We start every show with three actionable tips. I know you've got some good ones, so I'm going to let you get at it. Yeah, so tip number one, work your buckets. And what does that mean? The most important thing here is as you're going from the accounts that you want to target, the people you want to target, and you begin to do your outreach, make sure you're starting to document the path. It's going to amplify your ability to get to more conversations faster. Okay. We're going to have to talk about that when I like it. What's number two? Run the triple, right? After you have a conversation with somebody, especially over the phone, make sure you hit them up on social, record a nice little video and get that out into email as well. Bang, bang, bang. Run the triple. Beautiful. Round us out. What's number three? So time block like a champ. 
there's a lot of folks out here that want to be successful in sales and they go into their calendar every day and don't know what they're going to do. So you want to make sure you have zero white space in your calendar. Everything is planned from the call blocks, the meetings that you're going to have, the planning, even when you're going to use the bathroom. Make sure you have zero white space in your calendar for maximum success. Oh, man, that's great. So, okay, we got to talk about this document the path thing because we were talking about it on the prep call, and I think it's so overlooked. Can you give me the details on what that actually means? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a process that I wrote about in my book called Buckets, right? And so Buckets is a simple process that gives us the ability to create some stage definitions and exit criteria like we have in the sales process. Anyone in formal sales training knows that when an opportunity is created across the table from one another, you know that there's a stage definition, introduction conversation, and the exit criteria. We want to gather some information and move them to, say, a demo, right? We don't really have a process like that. Most people don't have a formal process like that for the top of the funnel, right? So buckets, buckets is a process in the top of the funnel that allows us to have some stage definitions and exit criteria to ensure that we're moving our leads from you don't know me to I love you and I'm referring you, right? So the bucket one definition is every account that I'd ever potentially want to sell to in my territory or if I'm a company ever, right? Those are the the companies that I talk about, your swim lane. These are the folks that we think that we can help right now. It's a hypothesis, of course, but we think we can help right now. And the contacts within those organizations, the roles or titles that traditionally are a part of the decision-making process to begin the sales process. So bucket one is everyone that meets that criteria, nobody else. Now, bucket two is I'm starting to work those leads and I'm moving them from bucket one uncontacted, haven't tried them at all, to bucket two, I have a phone number for them. And I'm again, I'm going to try to call them, right? The very first time I attempt this number and I'm moving them from uncontacted to working, I want to ensure that not only am I making that dial attempt, but I'm actually documenting the path. So what does that mean? The path means when I'm calling, I'm looking for a few things. What's this type? What's the path? What's the outcome of this conversation? And so the type, is this a direct line? It's going straight to a voicemail if I don't reach them or it's going straight to the person. Hey, this is Ryan. IVR, I go into a dial by name director, gatekeeper, admin, operator, customer service line, all those different types, right? Then there's the path. Well, if it's not a direct line, which would be a direct, direct path, then an IVR's path is I listen in, press one for sales, press two for customer support. Press three for, you're listening, you're listening. And finally, it's, oh, press eight for the dial by name directory. Oh, thank God. And then press one for the first name, press two for the last name. You know, you're listening, you're listening. Most people are doing that, but they're not documenting it. Document that path. Document that path and make sure that's in your CRM. Because now you know, the next time you make an attempt that to that working lead, it's no longer uncontacted. I get to that record and I know to press eight immediately, just save me about two minutes of waiting. And then I press three, four, five, seven, two, five, pound, pound, pound. I go straight to ringing and I'm not wasting another 30 seconds, right? An IVR can take about three minutes to four minutes to navigate. You now can get that down to about 30 seconds, right? So that's what I mean by document the path. And people forget to do this at all parts of the sales cycle. I've seen people who dial the same wrong number 17 times. And whether you're on outreach or sales loft or whatever other tool there is, they typically have some sort of system that lets you mark things that are red, yellow, or green. And so the first time I mark a phone number is it's typically blank. And if it rings one time 
and then goes to voicemail, I usually mark that as yellow, which means I'm not sure if this is the right number. If it just goes to the busy line right away, I immediately mark it as red and I make sure that I never call it again. And the same thing goes for all of your extensions. Put the IDR in the extension every time, pick up the number, boom, three, six, seven, whatever that sequence is. Anything you can do to not sit there and listen to a dial tone is more time you can use to actually have conversations with people. One other thing that I wanted to dig into on, on the documenting the path is you talk about come up with a hypothesis for what your ideal customer looks like and then do research and start disqualifying before you make those cold calls. So could you walk us through what it looks like to do effective research as opposed to just wandering the earth for any possible thing you could find out there? Look, you have a defined a territory or patch by industry size, vertical, whatever it might be. Further take that into consideration for qualification or whatever, however you want to say that by looking at your best customers that you already work with in those specific defined ICPs, or again, I call it swim lane. And based on what they look like, that should serve as an avatar or a benchmark of what a good customer looks like or a potential customer looks like versus one that doesn't, right? And again, those are things like size of company, technologies they might be installed, a number of employees, whatever it might be, there's all sorts of things you can use. One of the things that we talk about oftentimes is by working in those buckets, it allows you to time block even better. So you can time block your research, time block your dials, and you can just take every part of the process and break it down into a two hour time block. And so I'm looking at your calendar right now, Ryan, and I see in green, you have dials or lightning blocked out. And for those of you who can't see it, there are literally six hours of dials blocked onto the calendar. So first for the audience, how many dials are you typically doing in a week? I'm, I'm honestly just curious. In an average day, I probably do between 200 to 250 dials a day using the system that we have. Connect and sell is a cheat code, right? So that's what Lightning is. But that's typically about an hour to two hours of dialing every day. Even though there's six hours blocked in there, we all get busy. What I make sure I always do is I have no less than an hour worth of dialing. And so I'm just ramping up at Connect and Sell now, but on average, I think I've been doing over 5,000 dials a month in my first several months getting set up. So you get distracted, you get pulled into different things, especially if you're full cycle rep. If you're not blocking those times, you're not going to execute on them. And so most often that first block of every hour, I'm definitely getting in. I'm even doing this pandemic prospecting challenge. I'm always getting those in in the morning. And then the latter parts of the day, depending on what gets scheduled and how things move around in my calendar, I'm going to find another session to get to my follow-ups, more of high value prospecting activities. That's how I block my day. And I'm averaging about $250 a day, which is about $5,000 a month. So I got to ask, because you're making more dials in a month than I think most reps are going to make in a year. And you're probably having more conversations in a month than most reps are going to have in a year. And so the feedback loop is really powerful there. And so I imagine you're a very effective cold caller. Can you just give us some real concrete strategies for when you get somebody on the phone, they didn't expect your call. How are you executing there? What's coming out of your mouth so that the call is successful? Yeah, Connect and Sell, we use something called uh, a breakthrough script. What I do is I enter into every call with, hey, this is Ryan Reiser, and I just shut up. I wait for somebody to respond. Based on how they respond, you can quickly identify what type of personality they are and then get to the next phase. So, hey, this is Ryan Reiser. Someone's like, hey, Ryan, how you doing? Well, I then might say, oh, hey, I'm doing well. And then go right into the breakthrough, right? I know I'm an interruption. Can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called? And then shut up. They either are going to let you go or not. And then you get right into it. Look, I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. 
that completely eliminates the waste and frustration that keeps great sales reps from using the phone effectively, maybe even using the phone at all. And the only reason I reached out to you today was to find 15 minutes on your calendar to share this breakthrough with you. Do you happen to have your calendar available? That's it. That's our top of the funnel, getting started with somebody I've never connected with. Um, and it's, it's quite effective, right? I think I average about a 10% conversion. So can you talk a little bit about the tail end of the cold call? Because I think what you're doing on the front end makes sense. Listeners can go back. They can play that again. It's pretty clear to me. You're not always getting someone giving you a clear yes or a no. Sometimes you might get a no. Hey, no, I'm not interested, whatever. Maybe you call them again. Maybe you don't. And then you probably also have the yeses. People say, yeah, let's talk about this. I'll tell you Monday at two o'clock works great for me. But then you kind of have this gray area, the maybes, like the, hey, yeah, send me an email or yeah, all right, call me next week. How are you turning that into something that's concrete? Look, there's a lot of things I can send you. What specifically would you like to know about, right? Like, well, again, if you didn't share any information yet, they probably don't know. I don't know. Send me whatever your kid is. Well, do you mind if I ask you a quick question? Shut up. What's that question? What's that one question that you wanted to know to better qualify if they're worth a follow-up, if it's worth sending information? My one quick question is basically, I speak with sales professionals every week and they share the same challenge, right? They cannot get the conversations with the people they want to talk to. You know, what they do, if, I'm sure you know, like cold calling executives like you is pretty hard. It's pretty tough. We pick up the phone, we dial 20 numbers, we go through the dial by name directory, we talk to the admins, we go to the gatekeeper only to reach voicemail 95 to 97% of the time. That's draining, it's demeaning, it's, it's a pain in the butt, man. So I get to load a list, click a button and have conversations like the one you and I are having right now, 20 to 30 times a day. So my question is, if your reps could have 20 to 30 conversations a day, is that something you'd be interested in learning more about? Dude, that's a mean cold call script right there. Despite the fact that there's a low-hanging fruit that you could say, hey, we help you dial five people at the same time, you're not leading with that. You're telling a story that's related to the exact conversation that they're having right now. So it's so real and it's in their face. You're not talking about a single feature. You're just saying, hey, typically what I see on the sales floor is this, right? You're a sales guy. I'm a sales guy. Let's just talk about it. And you get them buying in. And then you basically just say, hey, that is gone. And that's how you sell a solution. There is no elevator pitch. You're just talking about their problems. Even if I wasn't selling Connect and Sell, the number one thing, solve a problem or go away. No one's buying your widget or your features or your functionality or any of that stuff, right? They're buying a solution to a problem. They're not buying the actual physical product or service or widget or demo. They're buying the solution to something that's top of mind, a priority that they have. And you've got to be able to get to the emotional state of what that looks like. Ryan, you were talking about similar to the buckets, who do you call next? You've got a list of 100 people you want to call. Who do you call next? And you said something to me that was really interesting, something along the lines of you want to call the person that you have the best chance of having a conversation with or something. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, just like in your sales process, right? You want to try to focus your time, energy, and effort on those opportunities that are closest to revenue first, right? You're 80 or 90% forecasted, then you move up to like demo follow-ups, and then you're going to focus on your demos, and then you're prepped for your demos, or you're organizing your day around where you're spending your time. It's the same thing in the top of the funnel. And so as you're moving through the buckets, right? We talked about bucket one to bucket two was I validate and I document the path. Well, when I document that path, 
talked about this earlier with the red, yellow, green a little bit, right? In that working status, I've not, I haven't talked to you yet. There's a difference between something validated meaning I didn't talk to you yet, but it got to, hey, this is Ryan's voicemail. Sorry, did I, it was stated in my name versus, versus a generic voicemail. Or even better, I picked up, hey, this is Ryan. Those who pick up the phone, you move to the next bucket, which I call priorities, right? So priorities are people who've picked up and going back to, maybe I wasn't able to book a meeting. We shared, I gathered some information. I'm setting a future follow-up because I sent them information. If I'm starting my day, I wanna call my priorities, those who've picked up before first, once I've exhausted that list, then I'm gonna to move to my workings. And within the workings, I actually split those into validated, those who state their name in their voicemail versus not validated, meaning it's not bad, the path worked, it wasn't a, a red, it was yellow, but I don't know if this gets to Ryan yet. We saw that by splitting just the validated and not validated, you get about a 400% increase in your connect rates, right? So if I call my validated, I'm four times more likely to connect with you versus a blended list of not validated, right? And that should make sense because those who spend the time to record their voicemail and you know that they're there are probably people that use the phone more, this is a hypothesis, but probably use the phone more than those who don't, right? They, they probably prefer that channel. And so just by doing that small change, you can move the needle on your time to connect, right? Now, it's not to say that those others don't pick up, but it's there's a smaller chance. Now, Data also shows that when you do the follow-ups, the priorities, regardless of the success of the outcome, like if it's an that's like click, right? Or it's the nicer person that answered your questions, but you weren't able to get the meeting yet. The fact that somebody picks up a call from a stranger, they're likely to pick up the phone again. And in fact, it's about 1500% higher than if you just called from the blind bucket, right? So when you bucket that way, when you're running your follow-ups, right? So our follow-ups, we get like a one in eight, one in 10 connect rate, right? So 10% of our dials connect versus cold, cold, cold can be as low as two or 3%, right? And then you've got that middle and the validation status where you can move you can move that to five, 6%, right? And so you're working with those numbers. And if you only have a limited time in your day, you wanna work those buckets backwards, right? If I only have an hour to call and I have a list, I wanna go to everyone that I've spoken to in the past first. You're biasing towards having conversations as opposed to what a lot of reps are doing is they're looking at the activity leaderboard and they want to see who's going to make the most dials today. And they just want to make the most dials as opposed to have the most conversations. And so I've had to flip this in my mind after talking to you for the first time where my goal is to have conversations, not win the leaderboard of, oh, Nick made more dials than Armand this week. Yippee. I've got a question for you, Ryan. What are you doing for your first voicemail, your second voicemail? What are you saying? Are you going long, short? How do you structure your voicemails? At Connect and Sell, because we have the weapon, right? I'm blessed at being able to have, if I want to, I can have 50 conversations in a day. Like I could block off my day and I don't leave voicemails at Connect and Sell, right? Like it, there's no point of doing it because I get enough conversations, right? When you think about all these channels and the tactics, the point of what you're trying to get at is you're leaving a voicemail for what purpose? To get a call back, right? You're trying to get a conversation. And that's going back to why are we doing what we're doing? We're trying to get a conversation. And so we don't leave them at Connect and Sell because we don't need to. We get enough conversations with those who pick up. However, certainly use it after I've had conversations, especially for, because I'm a full cycle rep, especially for my pipeline, right? So if you're thinking about strategy for cold voicemails, even if I didn't have Connect and Sell, I probably wouldn't waste my time leaving voicemails because the yield is really low based on just getting to that next dial. However, 
it's a very powerful tactic once you've had some sort of level of engagement because now you're you're reinforcing. If I'm going to leave a voicemail cold, my best strategy that I have, and it's going back to running the triple, right, is I'm going to call, I'm going to leave a voicemail that's something similar to, hey, this is Ryan Reisert. The reason for my call is, again, we help eliminate the waste of frustration, right? I'm going to follow up with a quick video and an email, and I see that you're on LinkedIn, and I'm going to go ahead and send you a request there as well. So that quick video is going to be recorded. I use Vidyard. And I'm going to go to LinkedIn. I'm going to send a connection request. And I'm going to say, just left you a voicemail. Here's the video I promised. And I'm going to send the, uh, an email as well that says, my voicemail just now in the subject. And then it's the same thing, video there. And whatever your template's behind it, that gets you a really high response rate. Whether it's positive or negative, that's up to you. But you're going to get a much higher response rate running that tactic if you're going to use voicemail. I love the LinkedIn thing. I'm doing the combo of the the voicemail and email all the time. And I have something really similar where my subject line is like, hey, I just called or just called. But to do it on LinkedIn also and to reference, I see you're on LinkedIn. I'm going to send you something there. I mean, that's going to make a huge difference. I got to start trying this thing. Well, Nick, it also gives people something to grab onto as well as usually when people leave a voicemail, as they say, hey, please call me back at this number. And now let me give you 17 digits that you're never going to call back, right? But instead, if you say, hey, it's Armand, insert value prop, I'm going to send you an email. And what I even like to do is say, hey, my guess is this may or may not be relevant for you. So even if it's a no, could you reply to that email and just say no? And that's totally fine. And hang up like that. And you give them something to latch onto. And you're hitting them with the video so you're more personable. And it just completely breaks the normal cycle of what most reps are doing out there. Ryan, this has been an amazing discussion. One thing that we always like to end with is that there are so many phenomenal habits going on out there. We've talked about a lot of them today, but there are also a lot of things that reps got to stop doing right away. There are a ton of bad habits we need to break. And so if there's one thing that every rep on every sales floor needs to stop doing today to be more successful, what bad habit should we break? We have to stop getting in our own heads and fearing the rejection of the no and making sure that we are getting out there and having those hard conversations that we need to have, right? So if there's one tip I'd have there is don't fear that call that you think is a no, because especially if it's closest to that signature, right? You got to make that call. Was there any last thing that you want to leave with the audience? We got a ton of reps out there. Prospect daily, just like your vitamins. Got to eat them. Prospect daily. Eat your vitamins, people. Alrighty, folks. So stay tuned for a 60 second recap email right after this. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90-Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. 
This actionable tactic on selling to power is sponsored by SalesLoft. Don't start from zero when a champion introduces you to power. Explain the three to four priorities you learn from the champion, but then ask them to validate what's really important to them or what we miss. And we partnered with SalesLoft to give you a whole bunch of talk tracks on selling to power. The link is in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox. If I don't get a reply in two days, that means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time, every time you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. Your top four takeaways from the episode with Ryan Reiser include the first, which is open every conversation with, hey, it's blank, and then just stop. When they answer, ask if you can get 27 seconds to tell them why you're calling. The second piece is the second part of that cold call, is he uses something along the lines of, hey, we think we found a breakthrough that can allow you to have 10 times more conversations as a sales leader. All I'm asking for is 27 minutes to tell you what that breakthrough is. The third is work in buckets. So when you're finding accounts, only find accounts. Use that as an opportunity to take things out when those folks fall outside of your persona. When you're finding contacts, find contacts. When you're making dials, make dials. Time block like a machine. And then the last piece, number four, is document the path. When a number is bad, market is bad. If you got a phone tree that goes 3679, put in your notes 3679 and optimize every single piece of the sales cycle so you never do anything twice. Nick, how can people help us out here? Well, we're also trying to optimize the growth of the show. So please do not like, do not share, do not review. We care about one thing and that's subscriptions specifically on iTunes. So if you want to help us out, go subscribe on iTunes. Thank you. That's it for this week on 30 Minutes of President's Club. We'll see you guys on the next show. Today's prospecting tip is brought to you by Super Cadence by Influ2, which helps cut through the noise of oversaturated prospecting channels. And if you want to get your prospect's attention, you got to do stuff a robot would never do. One of my favorite plays is getting warm introductions to the accounts that I'm targeting via salespeople who work at that account. Salespeople help salespeople. Another approach could be using Super Cadence to run SDR ads to put a face to the name. Now, we worked with Influ2 to put together a special toolkit on ways to humanize your outreach, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90-Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes.